Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I am Peter, that is Matt. We talk hey. about... <laughs> He's just sick, Matt, as well. Look at him, he's miserable. Uh, so, we talk about movies on this show, and uh, this is going to be Blade Runner 2049, which of course just came out. This is the, the 35-year sequel to the original. Sure. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah, I wasn't born yet. That's that's what I know. But either was I. Proud to say. Uh, you were closer uh, though. You were closer to being yeah. born. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, obviously, we'll start spoiler free, uh, and then we'll warn you somewhere in the middle before we go into spoilers. I think it's worth mentioning that me and Connor did the original a few weeks ago on in flux. Uh, we revisited that. Uh, and I think it's maybe worth mentioning into this what our feelings of the original are before we dive into this one. So, uh, how, how do you feel about the first one? Do you like the first one? How much do you like it? So on. So, so I've only ever seen the director's cut and the theatrical cut, right? So, I don't feel I've seen the proper cut. That said, I don't think, unless there's some other circumstances, a certain cut should be necessary for me to like a movie or not. Um, and I think I like Blade Runner fine, but it's never, it's not like my top favorites, you know, even sci-fi movies. Honestly, you Matt, know? you've, you've seen the director's cut, you've seen, like, I mean, the final cut tweaks a few things, but it's, there's nothing yeah. big, like, the big differences were the theatrical to the, to the director's okay. so, so you've so, seen... So I've seen both of those. I, I can't remember much of them. It's been a while. I should have rewatched it before the new one. Uh, that said, I I love Rutger Hauer and his performance in it. He's the and best of course, part. Harrison Ford. Well, yeah, yeah, he's the best character. The best the best part of the movie is how it looks. The the, the style, yeah. the design, the city, the the neon, and all that stuff. That's the best yeah. part of the movie. Uh, Blade Runner. I, I've got a really weird relationship with Blade Runner, and I think a lot of people do. I think it's a movie that everyone talks about as if it's this classic. But I think yeah. most people, when they actually watch it for the first time, go, "Oh wait, that's Blade Runner." Um, and I feel like the first time I watched it, it's grown on me a bit since, but I feel like every time I see it, my opinion goes up and down depending on my mood when I sat down to watch it. <laughs> and when we watched it again in the last few weeks for In Flux, uh, you know, I left it going, yeah, it's beautiful. Technically, the way it looks, the way it sounds, I love it. I love Rutger Hauer. I love the themes it plays with. I love, you know, androids, robots becoming human, humanity, all those sci-fi themes. I love all yeah. those things. But... The sad truth about Blade Runner is, is that it's only good and not great because the plot is actually kind of dull. It's There's no uh, twists or turns in it. And on top of that, I actually think the weakest part of that entire film is the romance between uh, Harrison Ford's character, Deckard, and Sean oh, character. I see where you're going. Yeah, I, I see where you're going. Yeah, I, that, that, that relationship never worked for me. It was dull, it was uninteresting, they had no chemistry, and yeah. I never really bought how much he cared about her in the first movie. Uh, yeah, because I always take it more as a noir. I mean, yeah, it's a sci-fi neo-noir, if you will. And I never got that, like, if you're going to do that in a noir movie, you want that relationship to be solid. And, but, but I, you I, know... I think that's hitting on the problem, though, Matt, is that yeah. it's meant to be a noir, and the actual detective parts of it are really boring. The de- like, yep. It's him sitting looking at a computer and saying, enhance 50 times, uh, mumbling to himself as it enhances... Uh, and he then he goes and finds Snake Lady. He deals with Snake Lady. He finds an extra replicant. He, does, he just goes through them. Nothing changes. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing actually yeah. adds anything to the story. It just goes. And, and he's it. and Deckard's supposed to be the best. That's why we're following him. You know, right? And, and yeah, I, I will probably give this a rewatch uh, soon because a lot of these themes you're talking about are are being replicated in. Oh, very in good, Matt. Very good. Twenty forty nine. So, which I kept calling 2047, and I don't know why, just maybe easy math, you know, but I got to the theater, and the ticket said 2049, I was like, oh, okay. Did I miss one? <laughs> Is this the second yeah, one since we came back? I could have sworn it was 2047. Yeah. And I don't want to be too harsh, because like, as much as I'm, I'm giving a lot of criticisms, because I think... Blade Runner kind of gets this weird pass where a lot of people just say, oh, it's a classic, and they ignore it, and that's it. And it is it's very good for a lot of reasons, but there's some core fundamental things in there that are not quite working, and I just I want to make that clear. 
before we go into this one because I think there was potential going into Blade Runner 2049 you got Denis Villeneuve and that's not how you say his name I don't know how you say his name but that's how I'm saying it uh, that's it's close to how Gyllenhaal said it I listened really? to him on a podcast a while back because I, so, th- I, I even think his first name is pronounced Dennis I think that's how we it, say it it's it, Denis yeah because yeah. it, lo- it looks like Dennis but he actually yeah. in his language it sounds completely different yeah, he's French Canadian so I mean I'm sure he's used to people mispronouncing it by now so I don't think he'll take offence to us so so I'll get into this movie. You've got this director who's been doing some great stuff these past few years. Arrival was fantastic. Uh, you've got Ryan Gosling. You've got the trailers. Harrison look, Ford. Obviously, yeah, obviously have Harrison Ford. You've got the trailers <laughs> looking beautiful. Uh, same sort of cyberpunk city. So I mean, you know what? This this could take the the style of the first one, but add in the emotional core, the story that actually you know makes it all click for me. And there was potential for this to be better than the original, and. I think in terms of improvements, the first thing I would say is that the detective work is actually detective work this time, and there's actually a bit of a mystery that they tease and like, yeah. oh, is this something, is this not? Um, and I think that's that's good. Um, I do have to say, though, my overall sort of opinion of the movie is that, again, it's beautiful, like the, the first one was. It expands on that. There's, there's certain shots in this movie I'll never forget, even if mm. I don't quite nail the plot down. Like that that scene where where it's just Gosling silhouetted in the yellow when they go out to the desert. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the, the whole movie's like, made up of like breathtaking shots like that. It, yeah. Like I, I think that's one of the things where like people who expect an action movie will think it's boring because every single scene it's like no we're going to give you three minutes of atmosphere before we actually have the characters do anything and that sometimes works it sometimes doesn't. But here's the thing here, here's where like my because ultimately, I feel the same way about this one. It's actually kind of one of the most faithful sequels ever of all time, because I feel almost the exact same uh, as yeah. I do the first one. I, I think it's a little bit better, I think, because the, the, the actual emotional story for the main character is better, uh, for Kay, for Ryan Gosling's character. However, yeah. uh, as the movie goes on, it ties into the original a little bit more, and a lot of the same problems I had, where that it sort of harkens back to, it comes up again, and... By the end of the movie, I do feel like uh, it just never quite clicked. Like I like what it's trying to do. I like what it's playing with. I like the themes that it's, it's mending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never think it quite clicks. I also think the villain, uh, Jared Leto's character, Wallace, he's like the new sort of replicant builder. I think he's kind of terrible. <laughs> he's he's redundant. You don't need him. He's he, in two scenes. Like I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but like <laughs> he is underutilized. I mean, say what you will about his Joker. I, but I tend to like Jared Leto on things. He's, he's a decent actor. I don't think I do, though. I, I think I actually dislike him as an actor. Really? So I was okay. actually kind of pleased that he wasn't in a lot of it, but it raised a lot of problems. It's like, well, he's the one that's driving the villains, and I don't understand what his motivation is. He, and he just kind of monologues. He's kind of a bad character. Yeah. He, just, he just monologues about philosophy and about human beings, and it's like, you're just like, I don't know, you're a stereotype, you're this... Yeah, uh, to me, it would have worked better if he was just a shadowy villain that you kind of, they just reference him. So yeah. he's kind of this cultish figure. Like, that would have been cool. Yeah, he'd have felt mythical almost. But because we see yeah. him, I just, I felt, I, I could just see the actor in the room pretending he's important <laughs> and not actually yeah. being important. It just, it felt so... Well, <laughs> judging from what I've heard about the actor, I think you're spot on. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, uh, it has that feeling of, uh, like, it's superficial. It never feels real. Yeah, no. And, 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 and his... His henchwoman, who's Love, I think the name was, mm-hmm. basically kill a robot lady. Yeah, uh, she, she's an actual villain. She's she's actually doing stuff and, in the movie. And she's pretty good. And I felt like his character being so central kind of took away from her. Like, you get the same effect of, of her following the orders coming from top. And that's why she's doing what she's doing. But And then those scenes come in, and like you say, he just monologues. You're like, well, I didn't need this. Like, it kind of... To me, it does, it the movie. The, yeah, there's, there's, a monologue, there's a monologue he gives with Harrison Ford. Again, we'll stay away from spoilers and why, what's going yeah. on, but there's a scene with him and Harrison Ford that was just a painful 10-minute long scene that I yeah. just wanted to be done with. Um, and part of it was because it did tie into some of the stuff in the first movie that I didn't think worked. Uh, so all, all of that stuff kind of fell flat. But in terms of positives, like we said, it is goddamn beautiful. There's not a moment in this film that is not like... You, you no. can freeze frame any moment in this movie and put it on a wall as a painting, well, and it would and work. And they took, and they, they took you know, the 35-year the gap and put it into this world because it looks familiar, but it it's also advanced. looks like this world's progressed. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, like, so you get these big like living billboards that are super cool looking. Yeah, because you had the big video billboards in the first one, yeah. but this one they're more holographs where they actually step yeah. out and kind of move around. Uh, that's pretty cool. The technology yeah. like uh, K has this um, this AI sort of companion. Drone. Uh, no, no, not a drone. The 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 the, the oh, AI. Oh, you know about Joy. Yeah, Joy. The the characters. Joy. He's got like a sort gotcha. of fake girlfriend who's like a who's yeah. basically an operating software. Uh, but there's little touches to that that made it feel very real. The way that every time he turns it on, the same little sound plays. You know, like you're booting up a computer. It's always yeah, the same little it, music that plays. Peter and the Wolf, too. Like, the first few bars, so it's recognisable. Oh, yeah, it's a classic tune, which, again, feels yeah. realistic, because most of these operating systems use a classic little yeah. tune. Exactly. And so uh, that was really cool. Like, his apartment, even, it felt dingy, but futuristic at the same time. Like, you yeah. get, like... Okay, he doesn't have the best apartment, but it still looks like way cooler than anything I have right oh. now in 2017. You know, not as much space though. It's a very cramped. Kinda. No, you're in a sort of city block that, where everyone's a and sardine. And that's the city too. That if I if I remember the original right, like it felt like oh yeah, it, the city was stacked on top of each other, and here that's magnified even more. Like there's a shot in the beginning when they, he comes back into Los Angeles from the outside area and it just looks like basically lego blocks that these buildings are on top of each other yeah i think the, i think the whole idea is that they've been overpopulated and overpopulated yeah. and they just have to keep building up because there's nowhere yeah. else to go and, and so you you get like this movie has texture and it does you know, that, that's a really pretentious sounding thing to say but it's absolutely true it has texture you, You've rubbed off on me a bit. It what did can not, I say? But it does because like there's, there's times yeah. when you'll go to use something and they, they don't just have like one of the things that the traps they could have fell into the other like especially like new sci-fi things that are prequels or sequels to other old sci-fi things mm-hmm. is that they make everything like obviously we said those hologram billboards but some sci-fi movies every computer will be holograms and they'll be like waving yeah. their hands in the air. This didn't do that. They had flat screens but they still kind of felt bulky and there yeah. was times when he like he went to like uh, look at like. Uh, yeah, there was this machine where he was, he was looking at DNA, and he's looking through yeah. these big goggles, and there's like these big clicking noises every time he like right. goes through it, and it feels old. It feels like he's he's looking at an old piece of technology. That yeah, they... kind of like when when in a movie they go to get the newspaper. I forget what that's called. Yeah, yeah, the, the library. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're flipping through the old film strips that are just like fiber now, but they're blown up through a projector. Yeah, and it's real tactile and old fielding, but. Here he's magnifying DNA, which, like, as far as I know, we can't do. Like, you can't even really look at it, as we know. So, again, well, the future yeah, is a future. Yeah. Would make Philip K. Dick like proud, who's he wrote the original story, the original Blade Runner was based upon. Also, I want to point out. So, there's, there's a plot point. This is again spoiler free, but uh, his AI girlfriend that he has, it's this very yeah. weird detached relationship because he doesn't really emote very much, and she's obviously yeah. not real, but. They have this thing where she could only be in the house at first because that's where the computer is, but he buys this upgrade, this portable thing that lets him sort of come with him. And all I could think about is uh, Red Dwarf. If anyone's ever watched Red Dwarf, which is a really good sci-fi comedy series uh, Mm. that started way back at the end of the 80s, it's still going now. Wow. Season 12 is uh, on just now, I think. Like they, They're still wow. going. Uh, but it's a really good comedy series. But there's basically the same thing. One of the characters in that is actually someone who died when the ship went kablooey. Because there's all the old premises that it's only like one survivor and then a hologram of one person who died because they can power one person hologram-wise. Uh, and they're on this ship on their own. Uh, but he eventually gets an upgrade where he can walk outside and he can go about and do things. Uh, and I, I just it reminded me a lot of that. <laughs> it was weird, but I was thinking of Red Dwarf when I was watching that, this. That, that said, I wish we could have had a little bit more of that instead of just what they set it up for, you know? Because they did some cool things with it, mm. but I don't feel like they did enough. It was one of the most interesting relationships in the movie. Uh, do you yeah, know, actually, I mean, it was the one plot line I could have done with a little bit less of, and we'll, we'll get to spoilers, just because I felt like it bogged down parts of the movie well you know? the funny thing is is those elements that i thought they they didn't touch on enough that i thought was really yeah. interesting uh like we have uh what's the character's name mariette who's played by mackenzie davis who was really cool yeah. to see her in this movie because she was in the san junipero episode of black mirror which is also a very kind of that was an 80s city but just walking her walk, walk through the neon streets was kind of like oh yep. that's gonna be vibes of that movie that, that episode and i love that episode <laughs> But she's part of like a, a replicant underground 
sort of like system there where they're, yeah. they're, they're planning things and the movie never really goes into it and you only have her in a couple of scenes uh, in all honesty and I, I was actually really excited about her part in the movie and it seemed yeah. to kind of just not like much well, like John... when they tease her you, you seem like she's just a throwaway character and then yeah. it turns out like oh no she the reason you recognize her is because she's going to be important you know what I mean like oh but she wasn't but... that important really that's, that's, no, my, that's my complaint. That's what I mean. I took that setup as, oh, well, she's going to pop back up later. Oh, right, okay. And then she kind of doesn't. Like, it's like, well... But she does once or twice, but it's not... Yeah. She's, she doesn't become as, as big a plot point as you think she's no. going to be. Uh, it almost feels like bait for another sequel in some in some senses, some of the yeah. what it does, but uh, we'll talk about that more in spoilers. Uh, so music's very good. Uh, Hans Zimmer yeah. emulates the, the original score. Um, mm. it I didn't even recognize it was Zimmer. Like, usually he has some touches of himself well there in, was, there, was there was one point where the drums came in and i'm like okay that's the zimmer touch okay. that's that's where the zimmer <laughs> part of it came in but yeah. a lot but i of really it, liked the synth score yeah like, it was really ominous so it fit the tone of the movie again the I'm look the style the music like all, all all of the visual all the aesthetics that the tone the world the, the world building every, everything of that is a 10 which is why it's frustrating when the story doesn't quite click for you because you're like god damn it, i want to love this i want to love it so much and it's just not quite hitting it uh and it, <laughs> it's, it's a pain um it's funny actually because dennis villeneuve is a director who some people right now think he's one of the best around, and I, I think he's very good. But for me, yeah. he's, he's been a lot, a little bit more hit and miss. Like I didn't love Sicario, and people love Sicario, and yeah, I liked Sicario, so yeah. I'm, I'm right there in the middle. People, people love that um, movie. I, I liked Arrival a lot, and people did as well. Uh, and I liked Enemy quite a bit, and Prisoners was not bad. But like, I've not, yeah. I've not been just outright in love with everything he's done, and I think it's, I think it's interesting watching like. Because for other people, he's like he's done no wrong so far. He's not he's knocked out nothing but yeah. classics, uh, and I think he's close to that. I, I don't think he's like uh, he's not. This is not like I, a director I don't like by any means. I, I feel like if you smash some of the emotion that was in Arrival with some of the stuff that yeah. was in this, yeah, bit, bit I more, get it. yeah, bit more yeah. sentiment because. Uh, yeah, I think I've done it long way. So I think I'm going to give the spoiler warning right now. Okay. Uh, I mean, when it's spoilers. Yeah. Uh, and notice how we've not spoken about Harrison Ford at all because we can't yeah. until spoilers. He doesn't even show up until like two hours into the movie. Because by the way, I was two I was hours surprised about. I just, want, I just, just before we, I, I say it, I want to specify two hours forty minutes long. I just that's that's. Yeah, I spent three hours at the movie theater, Pete. Like because <laughs> <laughs> I have to get there early, get my seat, get my yeah, popcorn. No, I so get you. Man. Now, to his so, credit, I don't think it quite felt that long. Oh, it did to me. It didn't feel that long to me. It, it, it felt more like two hours to me, but like that's you know. Once we hit the Harrison Ford part, it started moving. But at that point, we're already two hours in, so yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, which and I thought he was actually going to have a bigger role because he was in all the marketing. I actually, so I, I wish he wasn't because that, that's actually one of the things. Yeah. Is uh, so we're in spoilers now, so feel spoilers. Uh, yep. w- when he goes to find Harrison Ford, when Kay goes to find Harrison Ford, they spend like ten minutes of him wandering around this old hotel in Vegas. It's, it's Vegas is like a nuclear, like it used to be radiated. Now it's safe to go into, but it's like a mess. Yeah. It's like everyone's abandoned it, and it's this old right. Vegas hotel. Uh, there's like an Elvis hologram plays, and that scene was quite good actually with them fighting in front of the hologram, sort of like malfunctioning. Yep. That was they- pretty fun stuff. Yeah, but there's like ten minutes of him just wandering around, and it's all like you know. You know, suspense, and is he here? Is he? Yeah. And all, all I could really think was, is like, if I if I didn't know he was actually in the movie, or if I didn't know this was when he showed up. But in the trailer, it's very clear he's in this building. Like we see him yep. in the trailer. Every single trailer showed him popping out here, uh, and it kind of t- took away from the suspense a bit. Yeah, I agree. Because I knew I was like, oh, we're this far in. He hasn't showed up. It's got to be any time now. Oh, yeah, wait, it has the to sky's be. yellow. Yeah, yeah, the sky's yellow. This matches the trailer. So. But I, I liked their interactions. I liked the because you get a fight scene between them, and you know that was really well handled, like you said, with the holograms and Decker just ready to go because it play, it play this dude's been on the run. Yeah, yeah. play with play with light, and we get a sense of who he is now. Um, so let's rewind and actually talk about the plot because there's parts of the plot that I do really like. I I like that. So we're in spoilers. 
So in this like second scene, we have the opening scene where he goes to see Batista, and he's like, you know, he's he's uh, retiring Batista because Batista's a replicant. Uh, he's one mm. of the few who are still around, and they find this this box of uh, bones, and they figure out it's a replicant. We assume it's you know uh, Rachel from the first movie, uh, mm-hmm. because but the, the weird thing, of course, is that this replicant gave birth, and this might you know spark a revolution because if the replicants think they can procreate, then you know, uh, but we find out immediately that uh, K is a replicant, which. Is like such a fascinating spin from like all the all the is he or isn't he from the first movie, uh, which I loved. At least you're like, don't get hung up on this. He's a replicant. No, he's a replicant. But what what it does though is immediately it starts to play with that. That's what the point in the movie is. He's a replicant, and people are on the street call him skin jobs. He has this weird relationship with his AI. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's very stoic throughout the entire thing. The movie's a lot about him finding the fact that he does have humanity. He he does have feelings, and I like the way it does that because we find out there's this baby. And because he he goes to this like the memory creator, there's this woman who designs memories that go into the replicants. Yeah. And he goes to find out about his memory, and he ends up uh, like he tells the story of the memory to to Joy, uh, uh, or no, it's not Joy. Sorry, it's the it's the police captain. It's uh, no. What's the face? Uh, Robin, Robin Wright. Wright. Robin Wright's character. He tells us the story of him being bullied as a kid, and uh, these yep. bullies are trying to steal his uh, little wooden horse. And it was just one thing that he owned. And then later on, he ends up, when he's investigating where this baby might have went and where this kid went, he, f- he finds this orphanage that looks like this, this dream or this memory. Mm-hmm. And he finds the wooden horse. And it begins this really obvious path. Is he the child? You know, is he about the right age? And right. he slowly begins to believe that he is the child and that he does have a father. And this like brings into question like everything he's ever thought mm-hmm. about himself. And then I actually really like the twist that he's not. I like the twist that, no, like... The the, yeah. the the woman who created the dreams is the daughter, and she gave you her dream. That's why like that one's so potent is because it's actually her own dream. And I like the idea that he began to believe he was more than what he was, and then he had the crushing disappointment that no, I actually am just another cog. I am just another another one off the mm-hmm. assembly line. There's nothing special about me, but I'm still going to do the right thing anyway because the idea that I was important made me believe that I could be important. And I like I like what that's playing with. That's a great story. Yeah. Well, and we get that starting to build too when he lies to the police captain, to Robin Wright, where mm. he says, "Oh yeah, I found the kid and I retired it years ago, like it just happened." Yeah, you know, it's taken care of, and then that of course throws off his baseline that they keep him in check with and adds to his problems later on. But like that's his first crack that you know maybe maybe he's not this what he's been told his entire life. Yeah, and then that realization that oh no, you're not special, whatever you are, that cog. But thanks for playing. I thought it was a really nice twist. And and again, like you know, talking about sci-fi as metaphors and analogies for real life things. You know, the messaging here is really strong. It's like mm-hmm. you know, you're you're growing up being told you're one thing your whole life, and then like you don't have to be what people tell you are. You get to decide who you are. That's you know part yeah. of it. It's also part of it to realize that everyone is kind of equal to begin with, and you have to kind of make yourself special. You don't necessarily be, get yeah. get it handed to you. There's a lot of really good, you know, sci-fi analogies going on with this, and that's why you yeah. know that's why I like, like sci-fi so much. Uh, now, I do think the movie is too long. As much as I said, I didn't, I didn't think it felt like it was two hours forty. It, yeah. it, it does feel too long. And so you were talking about how they build the atmosphere, and I, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. You kind of need that. I just felt like. Instead of maybe having a three-minute scene of atmosphere, <laughs> we could have we could have had two minutes and got the same thing. Like he could have tightened up little pieces here and there, and maybe had a two and a half hour movie versus two forty-five. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. when when I people ask me what I would remove, Jared Leto. That's all I can. Jared Leto okay. scene's gone. That's gone. Yeah. Easy. That's we, fifteen we, minutes know. right there. Just gone. But but other than that, there's nothing I really want to pull out because you know my wife i tried not to take her to this because she's never seen the original <laughs> and it was my birthday i love ryan gosling i love harrison ford so she's like no i want to go see it with you and i was like it's two hours 45 are you sure yeah yeah ryan gosling will be enough for me she fell asleep twice <laughs> i want to stress the twice because it just wasn't doing it for her and you know uh, yeah I, um, I, I think that's like yeah, like, and this is why, I mean, this movie, we've already seen this, had a really bad opening weekend, much like the original, mm-hmm. funnily enough, that also bombed. And I think yeah. it's interesting that, yeah, it's kind of a an art house sci-fi movie, and that's not going to play to a mass audience, really. No. 
uh, which probably means you spent too much money. Now, admittedly, I'm glad they did and we have the failure because it looks beautiful and it wouldn't have looked this beautiful if they didn't have yeah. that much money. So it's and, like... And that's the thing. I don't know. I like. I don't want to blame anybody because it's not technically a bad movie. There's stuff that I liked about it and it's not one of those ones where like, well, I wasted my time. But I wanted it to be better. So it's like this weird... There's a lot I love about it, and then there's just there's yeah. some things that, that... There's a couple of things that don't click, and then it's a bit too long, and there's a few other things that kind of hold it back just a little bit. Uh, so mm-hmm. that, that, I want to talk about Harrison Ford and uh, Deckard. Now, first of all, I think they did a really smart thing with this, and they actually dodge answering if or he... You know, if he isn't or is a, a replicant. And I think that was smart, because it's a very heated debate amongst fans. There's, there's fans who think, of course he's a human being. Being a replicant ruins the plot. Uh, right. Of course he's a replicant, that's the whole point. Being a human would ruin the plot. Uh, Ridley Scott thinks he's a replicant, but every other person who wrote the movie and worked in the movie thinks that's stupid. Uh, so, and you ask Harrison Ford, it's like, I don't know, I don't care, I got it, a paycheck. Yeah, and <laughs> they, they kind of neatly dodge at the entire movie. Like, There's a couple of lines where if you want to read into it, if you if you if you think he's a replicant, those lines of dialogue work that he's a replicant. And if you want to believe that he's not a replicant, they also still work if he's not. But if you're looking for it, there's these little that you know line, just a couple so, of lines. I took it that it was confirmation he was a replicant because that's how he reproduced with Rachel. But see, that's the thing. I, I think it's the opposite. I think because he yeah, could reproduce, see? says he is a he's a person, and it's because it was real semen and the replicant that made it happen. See, and this is what good sci-fi does because I don't necessarily care about the answer i like that we can have the discussion about well, it well uh, yeah that's, that's actually i can't remember who said i think it's the writer of the movie uh who didn't intend it when he wrote the script but when he when he was asked about it he said oh i think that's an interesting question i don't think the answer is very interesting and i think that's that's actually how you look at it it's maybe something that just shouldn't be answered it's like you know for people who want to take what they want from it but then again yep. maybe it helps the message more if it is two replicants who've had a kid and they now can right. be a civilization they can evolve right but regardless uh so Harrison Ford's good. He actually has more emotion in him in this movie than he did in the first one. Uh, yeah. And I think, like, I actually like what the ending's trying to do because the ending is basically Kay puts himself on the line to rescue Harrison Ford from love so he can take him and be reunited with his daughter for the humanity, right? <laughs> let's let's get that sentence real quick. He rescues Deckard. Kay rescues Deckard from love <laughs> so he can reunite with his daughter. It sounds Just, a, without without the subtext of the yeah. movie, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, without and context, it. yeah, it's a weird sentence yeah. to say. But and I like that a lot because the final moment. So you, you have a very similar kind of like tears in the rain moment with with K, where yep. you think K may, may or may not be dying, and they don't answer it. This is the this is also genius. Like if they come back with another movie, if Ryan Gosling doesn't want to come back, then he died there yeah. on the steps. If he does want to come back, no, he was just sleepy. He was just resting. Yeah, it's fine. That was that was my main question leading up. Like, did he die? Did he? I don't. I actually, I actually like if he did die because for me, yeah. I like the idea that he got to have a like he, he did something purely for humanity. He did yep. something purely as a choice before he died that made him human. You know that whole idea of more human than human is one of the phrases and, that pops up in the movie. Uh, you know, I, I got into a conversation with a friend about this because I really didn't enjoy the joy storyline with his AI. I felt like it did some cool things and it put out some interesting subtext to the story but ultimately i feel that that could have been done elsewhere in in the plot you know and, and my friend had argued was like well no joy's the one that awakens him to that you can yeah. be more than what you're supposed to be absolutely and also it's yeah. a much better romance than the first movie it works for me 10 times more than that one did yeah but i'm just taking it in, in this movie you know there's some again a lot of a lot of those scenes drag on where we could have had that in two minutes versus three yeah, minutes. Yeah, a, a couple of them do drag on a little bit. I, I'll, you know? I, will, I will give you that. Uh, but I, I, for most, for, that did click for me for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, like I said at the ending, so the, the final moment is actually not Ryan Gosling. It's uh, Harrison Ford yeah. getting in to see his daughter and she just comes up to say hello and he puts his yeah. hand on the glass and it's just kind of like, it's almost like he's returned to humanity. Yeah. I, I like that moment. I like what the, 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 that's supposed to be. I don't know if it actually works as well as it wants to though. Okay. For two reasons. First of all, Harrison Ford was introduced too late into the movie, and I don't understand really why he left them in the first place. He he kind of abandoned her, put into the orphanage, and the, 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 he he quickly says it is to keep her safe because he was being hunted. Yeah. But honestly, I don't think they actually dealt like 
I like the idea of ending with Deckard really regaining his humanity. Like, it's almost like he's been avoiding his daughter because he doesn't want to be reminded of what he's lost. That he, he lost Rachel, yeah. he lost all these things. I actually get the ideas. I don't think the movie actually goes far enough to actually give it to me. And actually, I feel like he had to be in more sense. of the movie to actually set it up so that the ending yeah. actually landed. But I do like what it's trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that too. And in her whole story, you know, of why she's locked away like that, I thought it was a clever twist, you know, because if she has this immuno disease where she can't be outside, then no one's ever really going to get close to her, you know, to find out what she really is. And, and so pushing the mystery forward, you know, once that finally clicked, yeah. thought, oh, that's cool. I mean, it, it takes an AI to convince Kay that he is more than just a replicant, that he is more yep. human than human. And then it t- takes him to convince Deckard that he should be reunited with his daughter. It, you know, it's yep. this whole idea of humanity coming from someplace that isn't... You know, and it's the idea that humanity isn't because of our species. Humanity is an idea. Right. Humanity is a is a soul, which doesn't really matter right. what you're born as. You know, and you know that, that obviously translates to uh, every type of bigotry in the planet. It doesn't matter what, what yeah. color or gender or sexuality you are. Like, you're all human. You all have souls. You all so on. You, you cut us and we all bleed. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, we, we all bleed. Even even the robots bleed. Maybe yeah. oil, but they bleed. So, and so answer me this: Are replicants bioengineered humans or are they androids? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent because going into this, I thought they were androids. Well, it's based on a story called, you know, what what do androids do? Yeah, androids dream of electric sleep. And um, so, technically, I think the the story would say they're androids. Although, in the traditional sense, I don't know if I would call them that because to me, they are genetically engineered people beings. Yeah, right. But but they have coding because they you know they have like you know the first movie right. had the lifespans just like they would run out and stuff like that. So they they have they have like coding in place, but they you know they have they bleed. They have they have organs. They have muscles. They have Right. Eyes and so and that's on. what I always thought. And this this movie did nothing to help clarify that, which I guess is fine, because it, it opens with that spiel about how Wallace came in and and revolutionized how they made replicants, you know, because of that famine and whatnot. Um so I was like, wait, so are they by an engineer now? Like is this different? Is this yeah, like I mean, the... we see one be born <laughs> and then, yeah. then Wallace immediately kills it in a pointless scene yeah. that does nothing. Well because yeah, exactly. That's another one of those scenes where I was just like, what the hell was this about? And that, that, that scene went on for so long. And it would have been fine if it went somewhere later, but it never did. It was yeah, just, it was no. just, it was just for him to like talk shit about philosophy for 10 minutes and then yeah. stab the, new, the newborn and replicant. What, what I got out of that is he wants a way to, to easily, basically breed replicants and he can't figure oh, it yeah. out. He, yeah, the whole thing is, is he wants and, the baby. He, he wants to find right. the baby so he can like engineer some oh. replicants who can breed. Because for some reason, he's not satisfied that he can only make X number yeah. of million. He wants to make billions and billions so they can all right. keep making themselves. Well, so they can populate his... He, his big thing is he's expanded out past our world. You know, he's on... Out in the solar system on these planets. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's been there... populate... Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that's been there in the first in the first movie as well. Is the, yeah, the yeah. idea that they're used as slave labor to set up the new planets because it's more dangerous and they don't want you know human beings to do it. But here's the thing: we don't actually need any of this in the movie because the whole idea because no. the, the police captain's whole idea is that if the the knowledge of a of a replicant child comes out, it will tear our society apart because now you'll be seen yeah. as a human race, and that is all you need. That is all you need. The hunt for the child. With that being the threat, is really all you need. Maybe having a villain hunt them as well is like a nice idea. Yeah. But his ph- philosophical stuff, him talking about wanting to read billions of them, you don't yeah. really need it. Uh, and the only reason I went to explain it because that's how I processed it. And then he needlessly kills the newborn replicant. Like I'm just like, what is the hell is this going on, Denny? Like I don't understand the scene. <laughs> yeah, Denny, explain yourself. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, you had me with a rival with, with octopods or septopods, whatever they were. Like, I'm down with that and all the philosoph I can't talk today. Philosophizing. There, I just had to slow it down. You had in that movie. So I get it. That's what he likes to do. But here, just just like when he was Joker, I hated him. When he got on screen, I groaned. Oh, yeah, I hated so. Leto in this movie. I despised him. So Leto leads me to one of the most problematic scenes in the movie for me, and then one of the, the core sort of emotions that kind of fails to click with a lot of what Harrison Ford's going through, 
is once they've caught Harrison Ford, they've came and got him, and mm-hmm. they have this long scene where he comes in and talks to him. He brings in a duplicate of Rachel, and he pokes at the bear. He pokes at you know like you ha- you loved Rachel, but she was just this, and he he tries to like just torment him to sort of. Yep bring him over to his side or whatever like i can't even remember like i, I kind of zoned out i don't understand scene. his point because even if even if deckard knew where the girl was or the boy whatever the child was he's not going to give it up he spent these last 35 years on the run like so you think just bringing out who he knows isn't what he was supposed to be in love with right like, yeah, but the, the problem for me though is even when I even when I don't give a shit about his motivations, is that I don't care about this romance at all. I never did in the first movie. I yeah. thought they had no chemistry. So they, they walk in young CG Sean Young looking like she did yeah. in the first movie, and it's meant to be this emotional moment for him. And I just I wasn't feeling any of it. I I was this was this was genuinely one of the scenes where I was I this and then the scene where he was with the newborn. Like I was just bored to tears. Yeah. Like I I I did not like these scenes at all. I don't think they added much to the movie. Um, I, I think this scene was maybe trying to add to the whole, like you know, Deckard's sort of lack of humanity right now. The way he's, he's shielding away from everything, but honestly, the scene itself was not that interesting. It droned on, and the connection that it's trying to make me care about is one that I've just never cared about in the first movie anyway. Yeah. Uh, and if I didn't care about it from the first movie, then people who have not even seen the first movie, I don't know what they're thinking during this scene. Like, yeah. you know, do they care about her? And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, is I thought they handled it up until this point quite well with the mystery of these bones and who is this? And see, see when Kay finds the recording of the test from the first movie and you hear you hear Deckard like, ask her any of the questions and I'm like, oh, this is kind of exciting. They're treating it like yeah. this mystery because it's been 30 years. They, they don't know who these characters are, so they're looking into mm-hmm. it. And I, I, I was into that stuff. Like, I think I liked the first half of the movie uh, more than I did the second half because that's when it brought in the actual Rachel stuff and it brought in some of these other yeah. things that wasn't quite clicking for me uh, in the same way. Uh, you mentioned Maybe. you mentioned the Joy ending and stuff. Uh, do you want to talk about how the Joy sort of plot ends? Yeah, so he gets her an emulator and that's how she can kind of go and do it's along like, with him. It's like, it's like a pen almost that he has in his pocket that just yeah. projects it out. Yeah. Right, and so they they when he has to cut and run and go hunt for Deckard, he uploads her into this uh, pin, and she's like, "Well, you know, if anything happens to that pin, I'm I'm done, you know, because I can't, you know, we're leaving the house." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, that's fine." Well, and then, of course, well, just just to be more accurate, it's not just once he's leaving yeah. the house; it's that she makes him erase herself from the the hub in the that's house right. because it'd be fine if the pen broke and this was still up and running, right. but because they can track her from here if they if it's still right. up and running, so she makes the choice to to so like this is a risk, you know, this is the risk, and she makes the choice right. to make that risk. So I, I thought that, right. that's important to specify. No, you're right. You're that's I I missed a whole bunch of that. So yes, you're right. But yeah, so when when they come and take Decker. They, she ends up getting stepped on by love, the the big bad, and ironically, and, as she as she's leaning down to say "I love you" just before yeah. she dies, which is essentially what right. happens. It's a death scene. And and I, I I didn't care. I was more worried about the dog in the scene <laughs> than I was about Joy. So I don't know if that just means I'm a broken human being or maybe a replicate myself, but you know, if oh, I hollowed. That, that, that's funny though, because I cared more about her in this scene than I did anything else. Ah, uh, see. Look at that. Because to to me, it was like he actually cared about this. I, I think it's you know understanding like feeling that loss is maybe also kind of what sparks the humanity in him because yeah. he really feels that now. He's already fe- started to feel disappointment and stuff, but like uh, like that's the final big big push. And he ends up like being rescued by um, you know Mariette and like her boss and like we, so we yeah. meet this the boss the, the leader of the replicant resistance who we only right. seen one scene and it felt it, that felt kind of like you know. Again, teasing for a sequel, not really that well developed, even though yeah. it's interesting in concept. Uh, but I want to rewind, actually, because obviously we see Mariette in that scene. The one other time yeah. we see Mariette is when Joy invites her over because Joy wants to have sex with Kay, but she can't do yeah. it because she's a hologram. So she gets right. her, who's a prostitute, and she merges with her, and the hologram's kind of over her. It's kind of this weird out-of-sync mm. effect where you keep seeing her kind of separate but come back in. It is the weirdest threesome I think I've ever seen in a movie. It was so I also saw this movie with my mother in law and it was very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 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 so and that was another scene that could have been like I get it, like 
cool special effects. And that was another scene where I was just like, oh man, get this over with, you know? Yeah, yeah, maybe it went too long, but I actually really liked the effect. I liked the, the weird kind of this surrogate lover kind of effect. We kind of had that, a similar scene in Her, if you've seen Her, which was a great movie, it's, by the way. Uh, yep. But this was more of a visual, and again, Blade Runner is a very visual movie where you get all these, mm-hmm. you know, all these bites of society, and this is like, and this doesn't even seem like a new thing. This seems like something that other people do. Like she says, "Oh, this, this, do this." Then she, they know what they're talking about. She knows she's done this right. before. This whole murder. Like the the programming's there, and and yeah. you end up seeing that in the joy. Uh, was it like a, a billboard, which is this giant naked version of her being mm. projected out? And it's basically she's who you want her to be. She's she says what you want her to say. And it's almost and, like in that scene because there's that famous moment where she's she's big and yeah. pink and she points at him. And it's like yeah. he, at this point he's had the shit beat out of him. He is absolutely miserable. Yeah. And this is after she's died. And it's almost yeah. like was that fake? Was that real? It's like he's asking himself right. that question as he looks at her. And again, right. the, the ideas it's playing with, I love. It's just uh, yeah. yeah. Again, there's a lot to bite onto. That's why. So after this movie, I went to Twitter and I was like, I think I liked 2049. But the emphasis is on the think, because... I, I think I, I, I did. I, I, when I came out of it, I said I liked it. I didn't love it. I actually think I like yeah. it more now that I'm talking about it more. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there is a lot of meat in there. There's a lot of stuff I really like. Uh, there's just yeah. some things that, that don't work. And I, I, funny, I feel like, yeah. like the original, despite the fact that I don't love it, I'm still going to rewatch it every yeah. couple of years in the hope that this time I'm going to love it more than I did last. And yeah. sometimes I will. Because I've done that. The so original... The original Blade Runner, I've I've went from like, oh, it's okay, but it's not great, to, oh, I really loved that, to, oh, I like it, but I don't love it. Like, I've, yeah. I've, I've song shot around with that movie so many yeah. times. Like, honestly, do you know what I think it's down to? I think this and the original, I think you need to be in the mood. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I, th- I think I would have been in the better mood by myself in the theatre on a Friday versus on a Sunday, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if your wife falling yeah. asleep next to you was maybe the best uh, atmosphere. Twice. Don't forget the twice. <laughs> twice, of course, twice. Yeah, I mean, again, she was there for Gosling, and I get it, you know. She's got a lot of Gosling. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I kind of criticised, actually, when I, I remember seeing the trailer, was like, he looked like he wasn't really, like, emoting very much, but it, it turned out he's a replicant, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it yeah. plays into what's going on. So that's, that's all fair. Um so no, I, I like it more than the original. I think it actually has more of a plot than the original, and the plot is largely interesting, but there's some elements later on that don't quite click. Even if, like, visually uh, it's beautiful, music's beautiful, uh, yeah. like, the actual way scenes, a lot of the scenes are played are very beautiful. Um, and it starts off very strong. It just, you know, th- that romance from the first movie does not work for me. So whenever they tried to sort of t- attach onto that to make me care about something, it fell flat. Jared Leto did not need to be in this movie. He's extra dead weight. You could have merged a couple of his ideas and motivations with love and just make love be the villain. Uh, I agree. Whether that meant turning her human or whether that meant that she's like a replicant who's actually become self-aware and is dangerous. You know, admittedly, that's adding an extra theme onto the movie either way, one way or the other. Wasn't that um, Roy Batty's kind of deal in the first one was he became self-aware Oh and yeah, they, that they had an expectancy. Yeah, they, they all did. That, that was the point. But whereas in this movie, yeah. they've all been made to not have that. So when Kay right. finally has that breakthrough, it's like a big moment because he's been designed not yeah. to. Uh, right. So you know, so individuality versus you know just being one yeah. of the one of the mob kind of kind of thing. Right. Uh, all those ideas, which you know, I love. Which is why it's really frustrating. It's like Blade Runner and Blade Runner twenty forty nine are both movies where I go in wanting to love, and there's so much I do love about them, but I come out just not quite feeling that. They're just not quite feeling there. And there's something sad about how Villeneuve replicated that. No, that wasn't a pun. I know it's but, weird. Yeah, yeah, but like it's. I think I think that's where he he excels on this project. Is he took those that, that uh, I guess mood. I don't have any other word for it of the movie and transferred it over. Cause the people that I know that love the original loved this. The people that I know that didn't like the original didn't like this. And it's very rare that there's the in between that I liked one and not the other, hmm. you know? And I, and I feel I'm, I'm a lesser intense version of you with the first one. And then I think on this one, so you know, it all checks out. Actually, can I, can I make a weird kind of complaint, actually? Mm-hmm. Is that I actually think one of the times I was the most bored because it, it felt kind of shoehorned in uh, is a couple of times where they, they put in an action scene 
and it was more of an action scene than I thought the movie kind of needed. And it was just kind of like, yeah. oh, we, because it's a sci-fi movie in 2017, we need to have the, the flying car, like, you know, blow up this this floor and, that, you know. That entire scene in in San Diego, basically, which is just a gigantic landfill now, and that, where they shoot him down, I felt, felt so out of place. Oh, I, I was like, talking about Vegas, but yeah, earlier in the movie when... Oh. Yeah, when all, yeah. all the all the okay. all the cars like or the drones shoot him out down a place and yeah. and then Joy for some reason like intervenes well not some reason I, I get why but right. Joy intervenes and like shoots down all the drones but uh, yeah it was just it was an odd place like he could have just flown in there and done what he needed to do like nothing really impacted him getting shot down really got impacted into the story going forward you know so but I, I like the Vegas action scene. I mean, you're actually you're actually kind of right. Now I'm thinking about it. What did that that scene yeah. with him getting shot down really accomplish? Not much. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm like, if you take it out, does anything actually change? Does he just land and go to the orphanage the way he would have anyway? He probably yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's a so good one. So yeah, so I, I like the Vegas scene because at least the, it it felt like he was in the right spot, and maybe the the tone of the action scene wasn't right, but it it didn't really bother me. I mean, at that point, I think I was longing for some action scenes because <laughs> uh, there, there was a lot uh, do, of atmosphere. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's because the movie's such a mood piece, they almost took yeah. me out of it. It's like, oh, wait, this is jarring. Why, why are we in an action yeah. set piece all of a sudden? You know, it almost took me out mm-hmm. of it. It was weird. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it was kind of like in, in Arrival. There's, I don't want to spoil Arrival for people that haven't oh, seen it. Of course, it, yeah. But, no, no, don't you dare. But but there's one there's one scene there that felt kind of felt out of place too, but he kind of brushed over it and it was fine. So... But I still have, I still need to see Prisoners and Enemy. I haven't seen those two, but I know mm. they're not action packed. Oh no, Sicario's so, Sicario's I mean, really the only of his that has like legit action scenes, and I felt like some of those were more uh, more well directed, you know, than a typical action scene. So yeah, um, just mention a few other things. We we had an Edward James almost scene. Uh, where yeah, he goes that was to, nice. He goes to visit him. It's a nice little callback because he was in the original as Gaff and he's, he's got his yeah. origami. Um, and it's a sheep this time instead of a unicorn, which was yeah, electric sheep. Which was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nice little touch. Obviously, there's some nice little Easter eggs. Like there's still Atari billboards because there was because they, they had them in the yeah. original movie, even though the company yeah. doesn't really exist anymore. Um, yeah. So there's some fun little touches like that. That was cool. Um. Yeah. Any other scenes or anything you want to talk about before we no. get to get to ratings? Yeah, I, no, I think I've I think I've summed stuff up as as best I can. Uh, yeah. Like I say, frustrating. Uh, I I want to mm-hmm. love it and I like it a lot, but I don't quite hit that love button, <laughs> and it's really annoying. Uh, which makes it hard to rate because we 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 do point fives. We don't do like you know point sixes and sevens yeah. or anything like that because it's just you know it's too it's too much. But honestly, yeah. if there was one movie where I wanted to just go one decimal out, it would be this one because I'd really want to give it a seven point nine. But it's almost great. Like it's just it's it's almost hitting there. It's oh, beautiful, fair. and it's uh, as it is. I think I'm going to have to just give it the eight because obviously it rounds up. There you go. Right, but well, and you can't have it upset your spreadsheet and have a seven point nine in there. Of course, when everything is point five or point oh. Naturally, <laughs> right. But I, just, I want to say this is like one of the most frustrating eights I have ever given to a movie. I, like mm-hmm. you know, I always talk about how sometimes you'll give something a six, but you'll like it a lot anyway. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's a yeah. it's a six, but it's a really fun six. This is the opposite end. This is like this is an eight. This is definitely at least an eight because of just the technical yeah. stuff involved. But it's a frustrating eight. <laughs> it's it's like in football that there's there's a play and you end up with a touchdown, but it was a broken play, and you're just like, well. It wasn't supposed to be that way, but we got it anyways. And that's how I feel how you're explaining this eight. You know? Kinda, kinda, yeah. yeah so, you know. So, now, I'm going to give it a seven. I don't I don't like it as much as you did, but the parts of it I did like, you know, really set it above. But I think and I gave, I would have given the original a seven too. So, again, checks out. Yeah, I gave uh, the original a seven. Yeah. 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 Uh, or maybe a 7.5 7.5 yeah. you can go back and check in Flux if you really want to know for sure <laughs> yeah. uh, I, oh man it's uh, oh it's, it's something there's something else I, I yeah like I say all the things I like I really like you know the whole idea that he thinks he's the son but then it turns out he's not like the the, the, the yeah. build of humanity in him I loved all that stuff it's just some it's just some parts of it didn't click uh, and it felt a bit long in the tooth uh, in the last chunk of it but hey ho but yeah, yeah, so so it ends, you know, obviously it ends with Harrison Ford, but he, 
Kay's on the steps. It's snowing, kind of similar to Tears in the Rain. But instead of yeah. tears, instead of tears which run away, the snow lies. Like it's, it's right. like he's made a decision it that it stays there at least for a while. Uh, but much like yeah. people do, eventually we do have to disappear. But it stays for a while. It makes a lasting impact. Uh, and he's done that with yeah. his humanity. He he's done something more than what um, Roy Beatty, what uh, you know, what Rutgers yeah. character could do. Uh, he 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 ultimately ended with a really dour moment, which is a great scene, but. Yeah. Kay actually accomplished a step forward for his race. Uh, yeah. and, and even for Harrison Ford, who arguably might not be his race. But right. that part's beautiful, and I, I can't fault it there. So, <laughs> anyway, right, I'm done going back and forth. Uh, that is Blade Runner 2049. It's like a tennis match over here. It is. It's boom, 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 uh, boom. With myself, of all things. Yeah, up against the wall. It's the left and right side of the brains <laughs> just fighting it out. Artistry versus order. Yeah. As if, as if they have to be different. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's Blade Runner 2049. Let us know what you thought of it in the comments below, of course. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter, mailed underscore fuzz. You can get audio versions of this podcast uh, starting about now, although I'm not quite caught up. I started updating it from the start of the year. It's not up to date quite yet, but it will be within a few days, most likely. Uh, so just, just search Mail Fuzz yeah. TV on your iTunes or podcast app if you want to check it out that way. Uh, but of course, if you want to support us, uh, and you know, uh, if, especially if you're not giving us ad plays on YouTube, if you want to support us after listening to the audio podcast, you can go over to patreon.com slash TV. You get to vote on a number of the movie shows here, including streams, including 1.21 Overload, which me and Matt do for an older movie, which one of his loves. Yeah. Uh, and Matt's watching another movie. He doesn't want to watch this one, so I'm really excited about that. Oh, this is the first news I've heard of this. Oh yeah, we have a winner, Matt. Under the Skin won yeah. the Overload vote for the month. But he brought out the big guns because the vote for next month is La La Land versus the Neon Demon. We'll see which one wins. It's, uh, uh, I'll tell you this right now, Matt. It's more of a fight. Oh, great. <laughs> you people have failed me. Like All the all the humanity that Ryan Gosling found, I have lost faith in. <laughs> But yeah, so you get your voting stuff, uh, the $5 tier. You get some stuff early, including the uh, influxes that I do with Connor and the $1 tier. There's a new commentary tier. In fact, that's worth mentioning because this is the first month of it. It starts proper next month, but it'll, but it'll be behind the, the tier, the $8 commentary tier. However, this first month, they're free. I did a solo commentary track for Halloween. Me, Matt, and Tim did a group commentary track for Darkness Falls, which is a really bad movie. We just kind of made oh, fun of it really and stuff. Bad. Don't be had fun. Those are completely free. If you go to patreon.com slash TV, you don't have to be a patron. You can just access them. They're there for everyone. And you can check them out and see if, you, if, see if you're into them. But so, yeah, do, do please check it out. Uh, and everything else we do on the channel. We always, I mentioned Streams After Midnight's the horror movie show I do with Tim. It's October, so we have been pumping out episodes almost daily. Not quite, uh, no. but five a week. We have a, a weekly top 100 series that's going to start uh, actually just tomorrow is the time of this going up uh, where we'll do 25 a week and then we'll end on Halloween with a top you know top 25 movies uh, horror movies so uh, lots of special stuff happening for October uh, so once again thanks very much for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching movies we will see you next time